welcome to Geek Down, the podcast where two nerds come together, sit down, and try to figure out where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon, and today we are without Jordan Ferguson and instead have a very special guest co-hosting. Some of you may know him as that guy that Jordan likes to indirectly start beef with on the show. Some of you may know him as hashtag worst chaplain ever. I know him as Kaim Dar. Welcome. Thank you for coming to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited you're here. You come all the way down to Hamilton. To the beta site. To the beta site or tertiary adjunct to, I think. The sister studio. The sister studio. I think this is probably the only time we'll be recording here ever, so... That's a shame. That's pretty special, though, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, yeah. and I'm, I'm glad I get to be a part of that. Yeah, I don't think that... I've tried to invite Jordan a couple times, and he refuses to come. It's a, it's a, it's a long ride. It's two hours. I know. I do it every Sunday. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's so, right. So there you go. So for those of you who don't know, Kaim is a longtime friend of Jordan and mine. We all met at Major Canadian Retailer. Kaim has actually co-hosted the show before with Jordan. I was doing God knows what. I don't even... Really? Really? You were you were on sabbatical to wizarding school. Oh my God. That's right. And up there, I have wands. You can see them. She does. I'm looking at them right now. I could, oh yeah. My, and the, the, uh, the box actually says uh, Ollie, Ollivanders. 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 Yeah, we have two of them. They're both up there. That's the, the, they're real boxes from the wizarding world. Yeah. That's no, I still crazy. can't get over how amazing that trip was. And I think you already had because you <laughs> forgot where you went. I, well, that's just my terrible, <laughs> terrible memory as we have proof of. Uh, since you know yes and i think a lot of people are concerned i i seriously think that you should maybe see a doctor about that i just some people just don't have a good memory i see i've I've, i'm also a I, i filled in for you and my bad memory was also and my lack of word knowing at things times Uh uh-huh that uh, i filled in those shoes for you that word not knowing Part this, of it. This podcast is going to be great. We this are episode. Going to, yeah, this it's gonna, is going to rock. And and so Jordan is off. Um, is off paying homage to his queens. Yes, and that's right. Um, for those of you who have seen the Instagrams and his Facebook, there's just pure joy oozing off the screens, and we couldn't be happier for Jordan. Oh, I'm super excited for Jordan. No, I didn't mean I. That sounded really. No, I meant oh. I meant I thought like I'm not. Uh, I thought there was a different thing that you feel for Jordan when that has the preface of soups. Oh, soups hap. Yeah, I'm soups there we hap. Go. I'm soups yes. hap for Jordan. I was just waiting um, for that. No, I am. I'm just. I keep on getting like messages from him, and he just looks happy, and he is excited, and we know Jordan. He doesn't really get happy or excited. On a regular yeah. basis. No, no. This is this is exceptional for him and we are we are we are all so so happy. Yeah. Yeah. And let's hope I that couldn't it have lasts. said that in a more somber tone. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then we're we're going to take him to the farm when he gets back. <laughs> no, one it's okay, you're safe. One last hurrah. Yeah, yeah. So I am I am going to apologize now. We've already had a couple of technical difficulties. This is my first time recording and editing, so we will see. Yes, one was a technical difficulty. One was actually a wasp attack. It was a wasp so, attack. It was. Um, that actually So happened. senior correspondent, act, uh, literally, I saw this with my own eyes. He literally just punched it. 
<laughs> and I, I'm not kidding. He punched it, not in like midair, but like against a wall, and he just or a window, and he just punched it. Yeah, he punched a wasp. Punched a wasp. He's just that kind of correspondent. Yep. Yep. In the field. Yeah, exactly. Right. And speaking of all the the setup and everything, kudos to him for helping me with this, because there were a couple meltdowns yesterday. I mm. I'm I am recording this on something called Crystal Audio Engine. I was using Audacity, but you know what Audacity can't do and they don't really tell you about? It doesn't take in two microphones. Oh. oh. You can only record with one microphone. Oh. Yeah. So I know what the, this is all gibberish to me, so this is all going over my head, but I will attest to senior correspondent's uh uh, cooking abilities. He cooks a mean enchilada. Yeah. And yeah, thank you for the enchilada. See, he's doing so much work. He just wants to make me happy. I, I You know what? I don't even, it's, 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 it seemed like more of an, a grunt intern's job is baking, <laughs> <laughs> wow. making food for Wow. <laughs> no, I can't cook. Um, I used to just survive on crackers and cheese, but now I can't have cheese anymore and crackers on their own are just lame. Yes. Whoa, 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 whoa. There are some fine crackers out there that you can enjoy on your name, own. Name a cracker. Triscuit. Breton. No, no, you say cannot least, have I eat them those on things the... like chips. They're delicious. Your, the inside of your mouth, is that like sandpaper when you're done? Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. No, you need something to balance the dryness out. And I can't have peanut butter because it makes me sick. So thank you for that bit of uh, wisdom because oh, no. now, no, uh, on done? top of on top of uh, trying to, you know, I'm, I'm I try to do my part. So for all the cheese that Caitlin can't eat, I try to make sure she has in her social media what little there is, uh, <laughs> pictures and videos of nice, gooey, delicious cheese. So I'll be happy to help you out and make sure that you at least can visually feast on delicious, yummy, gooey peanut butter. So This is great. I'm so glad I did this to myself. So for those of you who don't know... Kaim is a longtime friend of Jordan and mine. It doesn't seem that way with Jordan posting horrible videos on my Facebook feed. You mean uh, me. Kaim, that's the one I meant. I'm just going to keep on calling you Jordan. You know that, right? Co-host, blank. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm just going to overdub it later. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Um, I mean, Jordan doesn't ever post anything mean on my Facebook, so, but he does. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally mean about it. Yeah, um, you are. So... Jordan, Kayam, and I all met at Major Canadian Retailer. Kayam has actually co-hosted the show before with Jordan, as we mentioned, and they did a great job. So thank, thank you, you so again much. for that. And Kayam, why don't you tell people about yourself? Because the last time you co-hosted was several months ago. I think it was in early spring. Yes. Because that's when I was in the magical world of Harry Potter. Yes, yes, you were. Um, so I would, honestly, it would be really great if... All of you listeners just went back and re-listened to that episode. <laughs> it would tell you a lot about Kaim. And yes, it would be so much easier, and I wouldn't have to say words more than I need to. Um, but I am a I'm a longtime nerd slash geek. I've been comics and cartoons all my life. I illustrate, so I draw often, and I've worked on comics. So this is this is the part of who I am. This is what you do. Yeah. Um, if people were interested in your work? They could find it on Instagram at khy82, 
on Facebook. You can check out my fan art page, and the best place to check would be redbubble.com, and you can search in the search bar for, again, KHY82. And Kaim does awesome, cool, political drawings. As of late, yes, that is that has been my leaning, but I draw whatever I really feel That's like. That's true. You did some really great preacher stuff recently. Yes, I, I did that along with while watching the show because it just, that, that was such a great show that it triggered the inspiration to capture the characters uh, in a similar fashion to the way the show the the way the show did. That's awesome. I have still only seen the first episode, so I really got to. Have you have you read the books? Uh, I have a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of those things where I remember sort of general stuff, and I kind of took a I took a look at some stuff when the show came up, and I was it was like triggering all these memories yes. that I didn't even know I had. You know what? I gotta say, since uh, since I have uh, a platform to say it on, I gotta critique Jordan's critique. Uh, about the show, the the one thing that pokes at him, yeah, uh, and that is his his declaration of not being a fan of Tulip, yes, on the show, yeah, and I challenged Jordan to go back and read Preacher because I read the first two hardcover trades that came out, and honestly, Tulip is a pretty she's a pretty shallow character in the books. She's badass that she has, you know, she's gun-toting, fast car driving tulip in the books, you know, cusses and drinks like a sailor for her. But she has, in the books, she doesn't have very much of a character other than Jesse's girlfriend. Yeah, and it comes up again and again, this like betrayal of Jesse and... Yes, And, and I think that the show did a phenomenal job of really digging into Tulip's back character and developing her much more fully as a character than the books did. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not shitting on, on the, the writing and and the development of, of the character in the books. It was, you know, for its time, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. But as to quote our prime minister, it's 2016, (laughs) baby. I don't think so, you put the baby part. Okay, in. I have that in writing. Okay, I have I have Justin Trudeau saying that uh, in writing. Yeah. Um, it's on the cover of a comic that yeah. that uh, was written by the hilarious Chip Zdarsky, and it the word bubble says it's 2016, baby. So I'm going to quote Justin Trudeau on that one. On on the comic book. In his comic premiere and uh, Civil War 2. Yes. Okay. All right. Before we get too far into chit-chat with Kate and Kai, I want to make sure that everyone listening knows how to listen again. You can check us out at SoundCloud forward slash GeekDownPod. You can also subscribe on iTunes. I'm pretty sure you can just pop in Geek Down podcast into iTunes and we'll show up. I don't use it, so I don't know. Do you know... I don't, but I follow Geek Down on SoundCloud, and when you guys post a new episode, my phone alerts me. Oh, really? Yes, it does. That new information. See, I'm always just checking. It well, out. I don't think you guys would know because Jordan is Apple, and you're you're under what? You're Android. I'm Android, but I just. But I, you wouldn't be following your own show because that's a little I, egotistical. Actually, I think I do follow my own show. But. Okay, so then you should be getting. I, I you know. should be getting the. Maybe, maybe I get alerts. I know that I get alerts when you guys post a new episode. 
So you know what? I'm constantly like refreshing and checking things out. So it could mm. just be that possibly it could be that the magical fairies that live in computers just mm. know that I'm already seen that it's up and they don't need to alert me. Yes. And they think, well, you were there, so we don't need to tell you. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. And so the you know what? Even the even the 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 gnomes that work in the Facebook. Yeah. In the Facebook, the Facebook they, gnomes, yeah, yeah, the Facebook gnomes. They they even make it so that my phone tells me when the geek down has a post. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. And they they you know they paint the banners and then they post <laughs> it to my phone. I like this universe we've created. I think this is a comic book right here. Of uh, you know what? Let's save it for the pod because I think we're we we touch upon a similar universe. That's true. That's true. You guys don't even know yet but we will. That will make sense in like 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Just just bear with us. All right, so I guess we're going to move on to news. Works for me. Yeah, have, have you got were there, anything? Were there any other, any other um, you know, uh, forwarded, <laughs> forward out? slashes or backslashes that had to be brought up? Well, that's how you can listen to us. Do you want me to give them the information on how to contact us? You know what? I can never remember where the slashes go. Could you remind me where the slashes go in the in the thing that you type so that the gnomes know what to bring? Are you talking about the, the contacting us? Yeah, that yeah. stuff. Okay, all right. Well, with Facebook, mm. it's www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. You can also contact, contact us on Tumblr, which is geekdownpod.tumblr.com. It has not been updated in months, but it's got like virtual cobwebs. But I'm probably going to try and, and update that, maybe with this podcast we're doing now. Hopefully it all works out well. You can also, if you're wanting to talk to us or reach us or have questions or comments, you can go to Twitter and go to at GeekDownPod. Finally, you can also contact us at GeekDownPod at gmail.com. So those are all the ways you can reach us. So many. There's a lot of dot coms and slashes to remember, so that's yeah. good that it's good that you got that all out of the way. I know. I mean, I'm look. I feel for the people with bad memories, right? Yeah. I'm one of those people. Sometimes uh-uh. you just get mixed up, and then you're putting a slash where you need to put a dash, and oh, it's bad news. See, you gotta you gotta make sure those you you're telling the gnomes what to bring up. Uh, I hate gnomes for the record. I think they're disgusting filthy creatures <laughs> wow i don't like the gnomes that just have the beard and no mustache i hate i hate lawn gnomes i think they're i don't like them i don't mind the ones that have the beard and the mustache they kind of remind me of my dad sorry dad if you're listening to this he just he's he's got a, he's always had a beard and a mustache and he's kind of like a dwarf like from lord of the rings no my my friends know that if they want to creep me out they they show me a picture of oh crap yeah i was about to say Kyle. well now it's now it's cheese versus yes. gnomes Cheese versus gnomes. I'm all over your Facebook now. I feel like Troy Barnes. I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna start eating a f- tiny gnome on fire and have my larynx destroyed. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> all right, so we were gonna move on to news. I thought gnomes was new. okay. Go. No, gnomes. Gnomes is not news, Kaim. That is just chit chat. Okay. Do you have any interesting news to bring up? Well, I I just saw Ghostbusters yesterday. Did you? I did. And did you like it? I was laughing at like one out loud laugh every uh, five minutes or so. Five minutes? I, I was, it was a two hour movie, 
plot was reasonable, acting was reasonable, casting was reasonable. That sounds and good. It was hilarious. I don't know. I I can't fathom <laughs> the the criticisms because the only criticism I have of it is that I kind of wish. Uh, I kind of missed the the Jim Henson puppet ghosts. Oh, yeah. Because they they had a weight to them. Even the fabrics, the way they fluttered and stuff. It, yeah. The computer, like the graphics were great. They were gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially the final ghost they face was beautifully designed and really had a just, I thought it was a great theme. Like thematically, the, the visuals on that ghost were terrific. Right. Um, but the... It's it's just that kitschy quality of the real life puppets and stuff. That Though, I I agree. I totally agree because I am a huge Jim Henson fan and I'm a huge Labyrinth fan, as we've talked about. But the dogs in the original Ghostbusters always popped me out of the movie because they looked those so were, ridiculous. I think those were uh, stop motion. They were so stop for certain things. Yeah. yeah, but there was this. I I think in the original there's this one really. Um, really awesome scene where a ghost is coming out of the subway. Right. And it looked so cool and so terrifying at the same time. <laughs> and uh, as amazing as the computer graphics are, yeah. there's just, there, there's it's an anchored quality, I guess, for lack of a better term, that mm-hmm. it, that the, the Henson puppet ghosts had. But overall, the movie, I think, was, was excellent and... You'd recommend it to people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And not only that, I do recommend that you see it in theaters while it's still there because I feel like a film like this deserves the support. The cameos were hilarious. The the jokes were hilarious. Chris Hemsworth, I felt at times, stole the show with his tomfoolery. Yeah, well, they said that he's actually, the you know, besides being, you know, intelligent and and good looking he also happens to be hilarious is oh well i mean uh, there's there's that um there's that skit floating around where was thor during civil war yeah yeah and yeah he's he's one of those guys that can make fun of himself and he has fun doing it and it's it's or at least it seems that way and it's great to watch that's awesome he doesn't take himself too seriously now that he's you know a super rich movie star um so that's great that's really wonderful and I still you know he has that. a decent you know he has good character if he can lift Thor's hammer oh yeah of course of course yeah alright well that's great what else is there I'm sure I have some stuff uh can I give a shout out to Chip Zdarsky and some insane coincidence that he listens for hosting Zadarkon of this weekend. Absolutely. Well, I'm just going to let people know, first of all, this weekend that we are taping is actually Comic-Con. Yes. Which is the Labor Day weekend. Uh, I've never been to Com... What did I say? Fan Expo. Oh, shoot. Sorry. It's fan... That's just my memory. For our, for, for our American <laughs> listeners, or it's for your Expo. American listeners, I should say. Yes, in Canada... Our version of Comic-Con is Fan Expo. Fan Expo, which I always just think of it as Canadian Comic-Con yes. in my head. And I've never actually been to Fan Expo. Really? Uh, I've never been because oh, I, I never had the money to go to Fan Expo. It's been, the story, my, it's been my story for the last several years. And yeah. so this year I opted to go to Zadarkon. So talk about Zadarkon. Zadarkon is the, um, I guess, the brainchild of wonderful ca- uh, Canadian Toronto-based writer Chip Zadarsky, and okay. he's also an illustrator. Uh, he works on several books, including Sex Criminals, Howard the Duck, yeah. among others uh, on the Marvel roster. I don't know if he's done any DC work, to be honest. Okay. Um, but he's a local comic 
hero, and he decided to have his own comic convention, which was hosted in a hotel room a block away from the Metro Convention Center. It was totally awesome. It was totally chill. It was just a hotel room with a bunch of artists and fans chilling out. He had his slippers and bathrobe on and was signing in bed. That's fantastic. And yeah, it was it was hilarious. And I, I was going to say I did see a picture and it looked like you had superimposed yourself. No, like, I was actually sitting. I was actually <laughs> sitting on the bed and uh, while he was signing signing books. That's awesome. How many people usually show up? Um, there was. He was telling that he was explaining. I showed up a little later in the day, about three thirty four ish. Right. And it went from eleven to six, and he. Uh, he said there was people streaming in, a lot more people streaming in earlier in the day. I'm guessing maybe they were going to Fan Expo. A lot of people came from Fan Expo. Right. Uh, so I'm guessing some people stopped in and then went to Fan Expo. I got to meet Chester Brown. Nice fella. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, it was a great, uh, fun, intimate... Um, Get together? Yeah, it was just like kind of chilling. And it was... He told some hilarious stories about Hollywood and... It's gotta uh, be the, a weird place. And... Huh? Oh, no, not, not about going there, about working oh. with them because the conversation came up about... Uh, conversation came up about optioning. So... I asked him to confirm or deny the rumor that uh, Sex Criminals, his hilarious book published through Image, if it was being opted by Netflix. Yeah. Uh, that uh, rumor that I made there on the spot. <laughs> and it was uh, it was denied uh, because he says he told me another group had the rights. Right. And it's just in, you know, development limbo where... Many things go to die. Studios will buy up the rights to something simply to sit on it so that nobody else has it in case it gets big. Yes. So uh, that we were basically just talking about that. And he told this hilarious story about uh, how he was asked to illustrate some mock uh, young adult uh, novel covers. And one of them was um, he basically made these mock covers and wrote up little blurbs about these fake, you know, um, mocking young adults books. Right. And a studio actually approached him about one of the books. Really? To develop it. And he's just like, and he was just saying how confused he was because it was a <laughs> shitty joke that he was making, that he made to make fun of them. But right. what sure does enough. Hollywood know? It's true. It's true. Um, well, that's awesome. I'm so glad you got to go. One day I will go to things. So moving along, I have not stuff that's quite as quite as interesting, but still stuff I think is newsworthy. So I don't know if you've heard about this, but NBC is doing a sexy Oliver twist. And that to me is like you were bringing up how Zdarsky like made a joke yeah. and then it sort of actually happened well i'm sure someone's made this joke before about now, making like a sexy just, oliver twist. now for some of our listeners yeah. who may not know what oliver twist is oh dear <laughs> um so oliver twist is a book written by charles dickens of course and of course charles dickens wrote about city life in the late 1800s or late 19th century the steampunk era <laughs> of course yes but without the punk part oh just the steam lots of trains um, so the steam era yeah lots of trains lots of dirt lots of poverty and he mostly wrote about the poverty that children face in that time oliver twist is about a young boy named oliver who basically his mother dies and then he goes to an orphanage and you see the horrible conditions in the orphanage can i have some 
more. There you go. That's why um, that sounded he familiar. He gets brought into the fold of a band of thieves, which was pretty popular, pickpockets, who kind of worked as a pyramid scheme almost. You know, him getting caught, him dealing with the jail system. Saw a system. Batman episode like that. Yeah, exactly. The, the animated series, yes, right? Yes, yeah, animated yeah, series. Yeah, absolutely. And so to make Oliver Twist, so first of all, they're changing Oliver to a young woman and they are please tell me of age i believe it so. well possibly you said sexy so. oliver twist yeah i don't know if they meant prime time oliver twist like i'm not really sure what they mean by that what uh, like uh, could are we talking like literally sexy or are we talking sexy the way people like weird people describe random objects like cars or computers maybe both i don't know <laughs> really the only uh, information we have is that oliver twist is this is about her time after because at the end of the book it's a happy ending is it olivia twist possibly okay i'm guessing they're gonna change it to something like that Mm. um some way that she can be called ollie i'm sure okay so there's a happy ending her grandfather figures out well in the book the grandfather figures out that oliver is his grandson he and his grandfather is very spoiler alert (laughs) you haven't read it now really no complaining and watch the movie they're singing there's dancing good times so it's a good ending so i they say here that um basically she is now i guess grown up a little bit and with her connections in this thieving fold or this pickpocket fold or her connections in crime they work to take down wealthy criminals so it's kind of like a Winona Erping of Oliver Twist. <laughs> uh, let's hope not. Kaim, <laughs> let's hope not. So I, I mean, it doesn't—it doesn't sound like the worst thing ever. But can't people just set it during that time? Like, uh, I, there's this this thing where they're taking titles that people know and then doing weird things to them. When really, it should just be a different show. Well, that's because. Network executives have no brains. So I have another example of this happening. King Arthur. When you think of King Arthur, do you think of a police procedural? Just I was going to say, let's put it in 1990s Miami. <laughs> and instead of a King Arthur's court, yep. let's turn it into a precinct. Yeah. And... In, and and one of the some of the characters, rather than dealing with um, was it Gwendolyn? Guinevere. Guinevere. Sorry. Guinevere. Instead of dealing with Guinevere as a maiden, she is a sassy bar owner or possibly a strip club owner. Okay. Okay. And instead of horses, of course, they're going to be riding motorcycles. Right. This all sounds how to- how uh, I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to I'm trying to put my mind in the mind of a of an executive. Right. Every cop has, uh, at least one cop has an animal sidekick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Possibly a dog or a monkey. Yep. And Everyone loves monkeys. Yeah, yeah. who doesn't? Yeah. Um, hmm. So, you know what this is bringing me back to? <clears throat> this, I am the only person. I feel like that's, that's what you're going to tell me is happening to King Arthur. Well, well yes, but no, besides that. How much that, of that was right? Uh, <laughs> It's relatively close, but <laughs> so, no, I made I made juice come out his nose. Okay, I was BSing there. I did not expect any of that to be legitimate, well, no, uh, decent guess. They are they are taking King Arthur's court, and they're making it. It's it's a police procedural. They're calling it Camelot. They're putting it in modern day Manhattan. 
Manhattan. Okay. Manhattan. I don't know any of the other details. I think this is all ridiculous. But this reminds me of, and I'm the. This is what I was saying before. I'm the only person who's gonna know what I'm talking about. But the show Blossom. There was an episode where her dad writes basically a script for television about his life, and. And they, they replaced them with monkeys. Yes, I well, remember they that episode. Blossom. And he feels oh, okay. yeah. he feels like he lost out of a million dollar deal or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember so. that. I can't believe you remember. I'm so happy right now. Here's the thing, and I I feel like this is going to be something that you're going to be like, oh my god, me too. <laughs> is that I will forget the most basic necessities of things to remember, but uh-huh. I will remember useless facts like a spider's uh, silk is. Ten times as strong as the uh, as as an equal amount of steel. I don't know why I know a fact like that, but I do. As same you know as I, I remember an obscure blossom episode. It's like it's like forgetting that I do a podcast. Yes, and that I we were going to do it on a certain day. But somehow you remember the theme song to Brave Star. Right. Yeah. I just you know. I'm I'm right there with you. <sighs> okay. So yeah. So there's this uh, this whole big thing that's happening where they're taking classic pieces of literature and they've been doing this for years but I just feel like it's happening more and more where they're taking classic literature or ideas and they're not using really the literature or the ideas they're just using the name like a hollow shell like they're taking out the insides and just filling it with sawdust I remember a few years back I watched a and when I say years I mean probably not five or six but close to a decade ago yeah I watched a YouTube clip of Chuck Palahniuk Author of Fight Club and Choke, yeah, and and uh, cool Fight guy. Club too, super cool guy. He he's I after meeting him, yes, he's a very nice fella, and he I dressed up for one of his signings, and he actually sent me a pretty large care package. Uh, wow, yeah, he sent. That's he's, amazing. He's really awesome with his fans. He's really awesome with his fans, and he was giving a lecture at a university at most likely in Portland, and he and he basically said Hollywood has five stories. And they constantly recycle them for two reasons. Because one, they're too afraid to try anything new. Yeah. And nobody wants to be that person who tries something new, uh, tries something new and fails. Right. So they stick with what they know. And B, because we the consumers will are comfortable in those same five stories over and over and over and but over and over again. But haven't they that people aren't comfortable anymore? Like there's such a demand for other stories. Well, I think right now media is in a place where they don't care and they're going to cram it down our throats. That's and awful. The thing is now this is, the, this is the beautiful part of the internet and places like Netflix sort of. I don't know if that's the best example, but it's new platforms to give new stories a chance and this is why comics is so great because stories like bitch planet can come up and jordan pretty much nailed it when he said i accept that the story is not for me does it make it a bad story no and that's sort of what's a growing trend now is that there's going to be these alternative stories from alternative points of view. And you're, you know, you're right about Netflix. We wouldn't have gotten Stranger Things if Netflix wasn't open. And I think they've realized because they're or so the, open. Or the get down. Yeah. Or they're doing all, so many of these great shows. They're doing that are really out. well. And they're getting a lot of audience share because they're trying all this new stuff. Um, yeah. And speaking of Netflix, they're trying all this old stuff too. Such as? So Netflix saves the day yet again. 
They are giving Bill Nye his own show. It is called Bill Nye Saves the World. It is um, premiering spring 2017, and it's going to be like a kind of a talk show, Mm -hmm. but it basically is going to talk about complex scientific issues that impact our daily lives. Um, Great. Which I think is fantastic. I kind of wish Bill Nye would do a kid show again because I loved Bill Nye the Science Guy. I thought I, it was I great. do too, but I, I think there's uh, the the science he's talking about. It's not funny anymore. There's no punchline to no, global warming. but it wasn't ever... I, I mean, his, his shenanigans were funny, but the things they talked about... I mean, when he was talking about space, that's what got me into space. Yeah. When he was talking yeah. about the environment, that got me into the environment. You know, he did approachable. It wasn't necessarily oh, funny. Oh, absolutely. But it was absolutely. super approachable. Well, maybe he'll do that with uh, I learned how curveballs work in in a little race car thing. He attached a, a, a baseball to a, to a little toy car and yeah. he showed how curveballs work. And it was, I was just like, oh my God, science. Yeah. Science. Also speaking of science and Netflix, another thing that they're basically saving. So do you, did you ever watch Mythbusters? I did. So you know the B team? Yes. Yeah, the, the three yes. people. I always want to call them kids, even though I think they're older the, than I am. The junior co- correspondents. Yeah, the junior correspondents. They are getting their own show on, on uh, Netflix. Oh. oh, why are you so sad? I, I, I gave a, a slightly disappointing oh because the two original hosts of Netflix yeah. of, of, of Mythbusters actually hated those three and that's one of the main reasons they uh, the show got shut down really because there was beef why did they hate them I need to know Kyum. I I don't there's there's articles online that's that's the reason I read and um, it was that and because some of the myths they were busting the networks didn't like for example, the credit card strips and things like that, they started getting into like financial myth busting right. in certain parts. Right. And some of the networks got, I think the network got nervous or something. And these are just stories, unsubstantiated stories I've heard online. I, l- I love unsubstantiated so stories. I'm not, My I'm not saying these are official reasons. This is the stuff I've heard. And you know what? It's the Mythbuster drama is really, is, is basically... It's like our our housewives of Atlanta. This is our drama. This is geek drama. <laughs> um, all right. So, do you have any other news? Off the top, no, nothing I can think of. Oh yes. Um, I you know what? It I had a I brought a flyer with me when I went to go see Ghostbusters. It yep. was at the for our Toronto friends. It was it was at the AMC at Young and Dundas, and there was a flyer. Oh my! I don't know if I can if I can read this. Do you um, want me to give it a shot? Yes, by all means. All right, let's see if I can do this. I'm so sorry, Jordan, when you're listening to this. Kizu Monogatari. Sure. Kizu Monogatari. My I sli- think. Uh, yeah. Part one, Teketsu. Yes, my Slistexia would not have allowed me to get through <laughs> that. It's a, It was a this really beautiful flyer for for an anime. I don't know what it's about. But it looks f- dark and creepy. I like it. Yeah, and it's, you know, we'll post a picture of this on the Facebooks, but... I thought it would be a good idea to advertise for this, not because I have any vested interest in the company or anything, but because a lot of us complain about how anime movies don't make it to big screen in uh, in North America. We only get our Disney and Pixar, which aren't the worst things, but it'd be great to see some variety in mature animation in North America. So if you're in Toronto and you want to see an anime movie on the big screen, I don't know about what the reviews or what the quality of the movie is, but give it a shot and support some, support some anime on the big screen. 
I think that's a great idea. I might even I might even check it out. It looks really good. Uh, we'll we'll post a picture of it, and you can see how cool the poster looks, and probably see if there's any YouTube trailers to it. I haven't even watched one, but I just think we have we gripe about how nobody really knows how you know how awesome animation from overseas is, uh, and you know we complain about how we only get Disney and Pixar, but. When these movies come to North America, I remember I went to the Dragon Ball when the new Dragon Ball movie was announced. And oh, I, God. Okay, here's the thing. I went to Dragon Ball wanting to watch a show. Yeah. I'm just like, screw it. New Dragon Ball after a decade. This is this is amazing. So, and I saw the trailer and I completely fanboyed over it. So <laughs> I went to the, the the only theater playing it in the city. Yep. Show was sold out. So I said, okay, when's the next available show? And the, the ticket guy basically types the thing into the computer. He's like, a week from now. I'm like, what? He's like, yep, every show has been sold out. And so there was, it, like, wow. it's sold out. The only reason, I, only way I was able to to watch Baruto, the Naruto film uh, about his son, yeah. which made me tear up and almost cry. <laughs> uh, you, oh, another bit of news about now that I've, just brought that up. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the only reason I, I was able to see that was because a friend gave me a voucher from, that he got from Comic-Con one year wow. to see it. And I was, uh, thank you, Adam. Shout outs to you. And it was it was awesome to see anime that were, you know, limited to watching on these computer screens or, you know, if we could up to our TVs. It was so amazing to see it on the big screen. That's it was a completely cool. different experience. And you're with other fans who are, you know, gasping and laughing at the same time at the same points you are and it just it felt awesome totally recommend that and since i brought up naruto um hold on before you say that i can the only uh, experience i can mm, i guess relate relate the only experience i can relate to that is when i went to go see uh, serenity the firefly movie and absolutely I, I went to go see with the fans and the guy who played the the actor who played the doctor was in the audience with oh, us wow. yeah it was super Where was cool it? it was at scotia bank theater which used to be called the Paramount. Yes. And it was just a group full of people who absolutely adored Firefly and who hadn't seen Serenity yet. And it was such a fantastic experience because like you said, everyone's laughing and everyone gets the jokes and everyone's crying at the same time. And I still am never going to forgive them for for killing some characters, but Mm. uh, specifically one. But it was a great experience besides that. Yeah. And speaking of crying, I'm going to be... (laughs) Balling, yeah. Um, in in a few days, probably about four days or so. When after, I think fifteen years, the Naruto animated series will finally come to an end. So I never seen Naruto. Okay. I know people feel really intensely about it. Yes. And I'm sorry, it's ending. It's it's a, it was a weird journey because I just gave it a shot because I saw all these damned headbands everywhere and i and i <laughs> and saw people these, running in a weird way i yeah and, I, and like you know the the bird running or the raptor running whatever you want to call it and everybody saying be- making these believe it jokes i'm like okay so what is this about so i watched a handful of first episodes and i'm like okay i'm you know i'll i'll give it a shot right and then one of our friends jonathan from major canadian retailer <laughs> he met he mentioned that I should give it a shot because he thought, you know, oh, you like stories where good guys become bad guys, bad guys become good guys. And yeah. you kind of, and, and there's a lot of character growth. He goes, you'll really like some of these characters because he had seen a few episodes, a lot of episodes ahead of me. So I started doing that and 
the closest experience to it I can I could probably say is it's Harry Potter. The first Naruto, Naruto series is Harry Potter's books one through three. Okay. Then the that series was over. The creator took a break from the comic and started writing a new comic called Naruto Shippuden, which was sort of like Harry Potter's books the four through seven. Okay. And so you know he's more mature, darker. Uh, darker storylines, deeper yep. philosophical questions. Death. and A lot of death. And, and the thing is, he had time to work on a much deeper plot and run, longer-running storylines and story arcs. And there's some tragic deaths. There's a lot of comparisons. Right. Reasonable comparisons. And Harry Potter went on for how long? Over how many years? Oh, God, I don't know. So um, <laughs> so that's the thing. Here, like, it's been in my conscience, consciousness since I think I was in junior high. Well, that just aged me. Sorry. <laughs> that's fine. Um, but no, I do that to Jordan every once in a while. Well, that's the thing. Imagine getting a Harry Potter chapter instead of a an entire book. Imagine getting one of those every week or every few weeks for the span of the entire Harry Potter series. Yeah, that's will keep you invested. It, it's very much invested. You want to know what happens next. The manga, the comic series finished last year i think last summer right and i still haven't read it i refuse to read it until i actually see it because i'm an animation guy yeah so um so yeah it's this chapter is over even though we, i know already know what happens he has a son he has a family yeah and now it's sort of hopefully they start animating the adventures of the sun which they've started to do the comic books of. that's really cool well another positive aspect of of japanese comics is that there's they have a multi-generational well, layer i mean approach. they're doing that with harry potter as well right yeah and that's the thing when you when like how do you feel when you meet albus dumbledore and and or what is his name albus this, dumbledore and or the the kids albus severus or, oh oh you, you know um uh, yeah albus potter albus potter and and severus and potter what were the two names he had two no, kids no, he, right that was his middle name was severus oh okay um and the other brother i can't remember his name i think oh that's that's was... the other one that's you know what forget it he doesn't get a name now <laughs> if you can't remember it he's not worth remembering well, and I now mean, he has he has to go to I, I, a, a lot of people a lot of people when they found out they had kids they did family trees and they made fanfic about it i was like yeah they've got kids and now that they're in this play you know there's the, the other major character in the plays is uh scorpius who is how do you Malfoy? name a kid? How do you name a kid that and not expect him to be e- him he or she to be evil? That's Scorpius is just an astrological. Yeah, I'm a Scorpio. I get that. Yeah, but you don't name a kid like Scorpius. Darth Dedu. <laughs> yeah, like what? <laughs> um, Malfoy. Yeah, no, uh, I. They just because uh, actually it's it's in their family tree. Mm. Most of them are named after different astrological signs the dead people astrological (laughs) signs that's what i was talking about yeah and and again like that's i think that's um dragon ball you get to see gohan grow up and you know he has a family now goku has a granddaughter yeah you know lois and clark should be grandparents now that we should be seeing their kids and that and that's right and that's one of the things uh, and I feel like that's one of the the, the big distinctions between Western and, and, and Eastern comics is that uh, there's that... We can't let go. That's what Grant Morrison said in in that Batman series <laughs> that he wrote was 
Kind of like a middle finger to the fans. Nothing will change because you won't let it. Yeah, well, I mean, and I remember Jordan talking about how he was really excited about Spider-Man getting older and having a family. Yeah. Um, and then they had to do this all these resets all the time. Why? And Why is, can't we just have different characters and new characters? And fine, you can keep your... Let Parker Aqu- have industries. You can, keep your, you can keep your Aquaman white. Can we just get to the next generation? Like, yes. Just let it go. And and I guess that's and I guess this ties into news as well. I cannot wait for a new Marvel book coming out called Champions. And the team is made up of Amadeus Cho, the Incredible Hulk. Yep. Uh, Miles Morales, the the Ultimate Spider-Man. Yep. Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, Cyclops, young Cyclops from the past who does not want to become the Cyclops in current X-Men lore. Awesome. Um, Nova, Kid Nova. Yeah. And I feel like I'm missing somebody. Uh, yes. I feel like there was a sixth. Oh, it was, um, uh, oh God, he has a thing in his head, his daughter, uh, robot. Oh, was it one of the visions? Yes. Okay. It's Viola Vision. That's cool. Something like that? That's cool. And I think this is Marvel's answer to Teen Titans. It's, it's sort of that, that idea of legacy building. And I wish, I wish there was more comics like that where, yeah, you can have, those old characters let them continue on but that's the one thing dc i think had a one-up on was that robin got his own series dick grayson became nightwing yeah it was a completely different character robin still existed but you got to see you got to see this progression of of those characters and i think and that i mean that's one of the only properties that i think that dc has done impeccably was young justice like i still say it's one of the best just not comic series or or rather um animated series not superhero series like one of just the best written series mm-hmm. i have ever watched and it and and, I, and that's the thing i hope that the marvel's champions starts building that legacy yeah. and gets that sort of teen titans vibe going and we get to see new generations yeah. of and that's the thing is the generational thing which is and what I'm looking forward to, to just to play on that. I was actually not going to bring this up, but since oh. we were talking about it, there was two bits of news as well that kind of had to do with each other. One was uh, just Chadwick Boseman on playing Black Panther mm. and how he's finding that a lot of the people he talks to thought he was going to be a villain. If they didn't know much about the character, huh. they just assumed that he was going to be a villain in the story, which Ethnic says a lot. person shrug. Yeah, it says a lot about the way people perceive certain characters and what they look like. I am, as we know, so freaking excited for the Black Panther movie and just... For you listeners out there, T'Challa. we get to hear we get to hear Jordan describing Caitlin's joy but it's (laughs) but to witness it is something oh my goodness okay i'm there's a gleam in her eyes she's she's and i think she's turning a rosy hue i am because (laughs) i get really embarrassed because i love all these these characters that you don't really get to see and i'm just so sick of white superheroes well let's call this awful no well let's call this the sixth storyline going going back this is what was that phrase when you go back to a previous point and 
you reference a previous point in what are discussion. What you talking about? The sixth story. You know how I said there was five stories in Hollywood? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right now, these are sort of like this is what we're aching for is the sixth story. These new yeah. generational stories to get away from the, the characters. Not to say that they're bad characters, but we just want to get away from that and experience new stories through new characters. I want to experience new stories. This is one of the reasons I'm really excited about American Gods. They talk about so much of different mm-hmm. gods and different characters and different places in the world and different folklore. And and the reason why I loved Clever Man so much was just no Ooh. learning about this Clever Man. You didn't like Clever Man? We can talk about that in the uh, in the updates? sort of yeah in the updates. <laughs> okay. And then the other thing was also I know everyone's and they even mentioned this in the article that I read this about. And I know a lot of people are getting superhero fatigue, but. Black Lightning may become a series. And for those of you who don't know, Black Lightning is one of the first black superheroes, one of the first um, black DC superheroes. He came about in 1977. And if he gets his own show, it'll be the first. Hope they don't keep his name Black Lightning. (laughs) You can always hope, Kayam. You can always hope. I'm maybe hoping that DC, um, I'm sorry, not DC, but CW maybe will do something so he they can tie him in. I know a lot of people don't like it, but yeah. Uh, I've, I've uh, openly uh, stated my my lack of faith in, in Warner uh, <laughs> putting DC characters on screen. Yeah. So. Well, I'm just excited that there are these possible chances. Yeah. Of sixth and seventh stories. Of sixth and seventh stories. Fingers crossed. So I think that's... Optimistic. Oh, 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 I like that. I stole that from, uh, from what was that show? Spin City. Well, Spin City, Spin City hasn't been on for a while. I can use that. <laughs> Optimistic. 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 We got a new, we got a new hashtag now. Hashtag Optimistic. Um, so I think that's all the news that people can handle for this week. I We've think that's totally fair. Filled them all up, and therefore this half of the show is done. Please stay tuned and come back after this short break, where we will get into things we brought each other, literally in this case. Yes. And welcome back to the show. We're glad you came back. We're just, we're very excited about that. Yes, we are. Yeah. This week, we are back to format for the month of August. As I had mentioned, Jordan and I were doing something we like to call the August Watcharama. But usually, this is the part of the show where we discuss what media we brought each other to read, watch, experience, or consume, something that the other maybe wouldn't have otherwise be drawn to or known about. And we're back at it this week. All right. Yeah. Format. Back to format. It was fun doing the the watcharama. Yeah. Um, it was challenging to keep up with yeah. as a listener because no. there was there was a lot to get through in one week. And it, it was, was like, all stuff that was very contemporary. Usually yes. we want at least one of the things will be from like a couple years ago, yeah. sometimes a decade ago. But this this August it, was all stuff that had just come out, really. Yeah, and it made a lot of sense because this is a time where people, you know, catch up on a lot of stuff and some great new stuff is coming out, so... It's true. I act, I just can't keep up. Yeah, it's a lot so of great much. stuff. A lot of great stuff. Not even just in television, but 
like movies and books and well, graphic this novels. Is, this is a time when when companies put out as much stuff because people have time, especially the young peoples. The young? What are those? The young peoples are are the ones who go to school and have the summers off to gallivant <laughs> and and commit to tomfoolery and summers. and consumption of media. That's ridiculous. Yeah. What what is what is summer holidays? What is holiday? What is this thing you speak of? You can of? ask Jordan when he returns from his. <laughs> I will ask him. Okay, so before we start to discuss and dissect what we brought each other, we have rules. Yes. Yes. Very important rules. Kyan, would you like to help me tell the audience about the rules? Yes, I would. Yes, I would. Okay. And would you like to start? Okay. Yes. There are three rules. There are. Do you remember what the first rule is? It's harder to do it when you're you're here, isn't it? Yes, very, very much. Uh, um, the first rule is... The rule of three rule of three which is the rule that we have to in some way consume read watch whatever three three segments segments episodes i think for books we decided chapters is Um, it chapters maybe it's a third we haven't really done books that often so we haven't really figured it out but basically we have to specifically with television shows we have to watch three episodes because the first episode is often a pilot and trying to figure out its footing i think daria actually in particular is one of those shows where the first episode is it's one of the i i can't remember if it was divided up into too many episodes per um because i felt like i watched i I watched about five or six of uh, episodes okay so we'll get to that. But in a we'll moment. get to that. But that is why we have the rule of three is so that we can sort of get a good sense of the show or graphic novel yeah. or whatever it is that we are consuming. The second rule, you have the second rule? Save it for the pod. That's right. Hashtag save it for the pod, which is all about us keeping the fun and entertainment on this podcast we don't and not know. in our real lives. We don't know what the other person thinks until they are right in front of us. Uh, we have no idea. So we don't know how they feel about it. We don't know if they've even watched it or read it. Mm-hmm. So it really is saving it for us being here right now. The third rule, which is not really a rule. Yes, but it's the reason that I had to buy Paper Girls and <laughs> read through the entire first trade before I could listen to last week's show. I'm sorry. Basically, it is just that there will be spoilers. Yes, there will. We try not to be too spoilery in the first part of the show. It sometimes happens. But specifically in the second portion of the show, there are absolutely going to be spoilers. So if you totally are one of those legit. people... Who, even though the both of the things we are we are talking about this week have been out for quite a while, yeah. quite a while. If you absolutely have not seen them and don't want to hear about them and don't want to know anything about it until you have had a chance to read and or watch it, then this is the time where you should take off or skip ahead to the uh, what's that end segment called again? Um, uh, updates. Updates. Yes. Yeah. Updates. Uh, you could skip ahead to updates. Uh, probably, I'm gonna say it's. The last 10 minutes of the show. Yeah. So you should be safe then. But for the rest of you who've decided to stick around, thank you very much. Um, And I think because he is our special guest, Kaim is going to go first. All right. Well, I was told to read, what was it? Uh, I was told to read uh, something by a Bronte or something, Um, one of those things. This is is what happened. (laughs) So Kaim, I had asked him to do the show. He had graciously said yes and that he was excited to do it. And I said, okay, 
I am going to give you Mansfield Park to watch. Oh, that's right. Because Jane Austen is one of the things I love. Jane Austen fandom is one of the first fandoms. And I was like, this is great. I'm going to get this great reaction. I don't know. He might hate it. He might like it a little bit. It's probably not his style, but whatever. Kayam refused to watch it. Absolutely. Hands down, refused to watch it. I learned everything I needed to know about that genre of writing from Kate Beaton. Actually, that's a pretty good source. It's a, it, you those can't who, really you can't really deny Kate Beaton. Um, those of you who don't know, Kate Beaton is a Canadian comic writer. I guess. Uh, writer and illustrator, but I would like to call her a national treasure. Oh, sorry, she is a national treasure. Yes. She writes Hark a Vagrant. It's a, a wonderful comic that fantastic. Uh, it's it's a wonderful comic. That not only may you know injure you from the laughter that you that that will ensue, but is highly educational. Yeah, she because I believe she has a master's in history, Probably. and she knows her stuff, and she will make history hilarious. And because um, sometimes history is hilarious, Kaim. It yeah yeah it is. And I learned everything I needed to about that genre of writing from her work and. I have absolutely no desire to experience it firsthand because <laughs> uh, from what I can tell, based on that and other representations I've seen, it's just a bunch of women uh, longing after men who treat them like garbage. And Sometimes, I've, sometimes not, sometimes though, yeah, yes. And, and I, I see enough of that. <laughs> no. I, see en- I see enough of that, so I don't need to, and, and I don't need to, uh, to see the poetic origins I, I do think that the reason I gave you Mansfield Park was because it was actually an adaptation that they added a lot to mm. and I actually think the adaptation the movie adaptation is a lot better than the book itself uh, which rarely happens yeah and I think they did a really good job with it and they made the character a lot less passive the okay. main female character so that's why I gave it to you but you desperately did not want to watch I, it. I and felt I felt my rejection was justified because I watched a uh, Japanese horror movie uh, in Caitlin's <laughs> place last time I guest hosted. Okay, that's a pretty good argument. So, uh, Caitlin gave another recommendation of something that has been recommended that I watch by numerous people for, I feel, a decade now, well over a decade. Yeah. And I've just never... Uh, had the chance to get around to watching it. I kind of feel like it was too bad because it was such, it's such a series that is so, uh, it just does such a good job grasping that time and place. Yes. And the series that we are talking about is a cult classic, which is beloved to viewers, both old and new, Daria. Yes. Which is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I completely understand why. And I, because I started watching it while it was airing, and at that time I was in junior high, and and when I f- it f- the series finished, I was in the middle of of high school. I know. Holy I'm crap! Sorry. I feel old now. <laughs> I, but sorry, which God. is which is another reason I think they selected me as as a co-host this week because Daria uh, and I learned this through my research of this show. Yeah. Uh, which is the YouTube series One Hundred and Seven Facts. Daria was a semi-regular character on a show I watched, yes, uh, during that time. I think I was just entering high school as Beavis and Butthead was starting. Yeah. And I and I never had cable. So the Beavis and Butthead I would have to watch would be repeats on on Canadian channels and or 
VHS tapes that my friends would record. Amazing. Uh, and lend out to one another. So that was my, you know, that like that was the '90s sort of slacker humor that MTV was was really playing up at that time in the animation, and it was really awesome. And Mike Judd, who created Beavis and Butthead, and in turn Daria is also responsible for the beloved King of the Hill. Actually, Mike Judge gave the he said gave the okay for them to take this character. But make, he was not consulted in the making of the show. No, he was not. And I, I see for me the show's basically perfect. So I'm like, yeah. yeah, Mike Judge, you could go do your own thing. They got it covered. The show was created by Glenn Eichler, I think it is, and Susie Lewis or Susie Lewis uh, Lynn. Oh God, my handwriting's so bad. But it was specifically created for MTV. Yes, it was. And focused on the character Daria Morgendorfer. It, it was a, basically a satire of high school and criticism of popular culture, education, social classes, and just society in general. Yeah. And they really got it spot on. And I still think a lot of what they said then applies to now. Absolutely. That's that's one of the elements of the show that is definitely timeless and can resonate with new viewers uh, as well. Yeah. And if you were alive in the 90s and didn't have a chance to check out the show back then, do it now because you will be like, oh my gosh, this is, yeah. It's so 90s. It is so 90s. My first my first note uh, that I took while watching it was holy 90s theme. Yeah. Well, it was really interesting because the, <laughs> the show... I meant the theme song. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The show aired from 1997 to 2002. Really? Yeah. It was five seasons, 66 episodes, mm-hmm. and you kind of fall in love with Daria and Jane, especially if you were a weird kid yourself. Yeah, um, I can I can definitely see the appeal for the not-so-popular kids. Yes, and I was one... <laughs> surprise! Yeah. I was one of those not-so-popular kids. And being in junior high, seeing a character that I wasn't like Daria at all, but there were definitely some things she went through that I was familiar with. It was the outsider aspect of it that I think a lot of viewers connected with. Yeah, and just also being observant of sort of what was going around you and not being able to change things. And being surrounded by people who were oblivious. Yes, or idiotic sometimes. Um, (laughs) And, you know, just having to deal with just society in general and then you know the way people perceive you being a weird outcast and i think they handled all that really well that i think you just struck something really interesting that i'm just now realizing is that a a fair amount of the show was about her experiences of how she was perceived and people's interactions based on that which i found very tedious i meant like on behalf of the characters just Mm -hmm. like it was there was a lot of face palming and that was one of my other notes is that it's and as a question is that did daria and was she the i guess character that invented shade eyes or the side eye throwing shade did she start yeah i'm i'm just wondering was she the first character on television to do that because holy crap she is like her face is just what's known as it seems as though it's resting bitch face right and it seems like was she the first character on television to do that she may have been the first character to have resting bitch face part of it's because she's animated and (laughs) (laughs) the drawing 
I I also I mean really what exemplifies that is the fact that the first episode is her and Jane basically going through this low self-esteem yes self-esteem course course and they are it's such bull crap and you just feel and that's one of the great things about that show is that you feel really feel what the character's feeling like oh my god this is such bs oh yeah and you just and and that's that's a testament to the show itself is that you are sick of the same shit that the character is and you feel you actually get kind of aggravated by it and you're just like oh my god shut up yeah. and and i did not realize it at the time but that's that's a successful narrative where you're feeling what the character is feeling yeah and, or you're feeling for the character so much and later on in this series they do a really good job of showing how a smart bright character has to go through the sort of rigmarole of being a teenager and dealing with issues that maybe they never thought they would have to deal with Mm. and there is some character development which is always nice yeah she has a handful of boyfriends and some of them she just they kind of fizzle out from what i hear but she again there is that progress that that progression of you know relationships and of that the emotional sort of baggage and and yeah and what you path that comes with that what you want as an adult and uh, even her even her sister who is made to be really vapid she goes through some character development much later in the show but Mm -hmm. still goes through some character development and i i kind of miss it i know it's been years Mm. and years and years but i still miss the show because it was a really even six sad world was such it just, it really, in, oh, six, I don't, I guess they haven't shown it yet in the episodes you've watched. No. Six Sad World is a television show inside Daria. Oh. And it's basically like those Fox shows where they used to have like. Oh, they, that the, the writers really do, uh, they were poking fun at the television that was uh, of their time. Yeah. And a lot of the, the, the Jerry Springer type yeah. reality shows. And Six Ed World was almost like, it was like a tab, crazy tabloid newspaper, but on television. They talked about mm-hmm. like F, uh, UFOs and people getting abducted. And and they only, usually only heard their like uh, coming next, like this woman oh, okay. had puppies yeah, yeah. instead of babies next on Six Ed World. Okay. Um, and yeah. it was just sort of ridiculous stuff, but they would watch it anyways. Cause that's sort of like what on they television. do on South Park, yeah. They used to just have these little bits that made you feel really comfortable in that world. One of my favorite episodes where there's this new giant super mall, which now yes. would be Costco. They go and they there's this giant supermarket that's open instead of a box of Kleenex, like a crate of Kleenex, like you do at Costco. Okay, okay. Um, and they're trying to find something and the place is massive. And they have this whole thing with samples. Uh. And... I had never even, it was only, I think the first time I went to Costco was a couple of years ago. And I was like, oh my God, it's, this is the Daria episode. And they're like, it was, the place was massive. I got lost like <laughs> twice. And there were people pushing each other out of the way for samples. It was, oh God. I was like, oh my God, I'm in the episode. This is crazy. So yeah, there are lots of, even to this day, a lot of familiar things. So. What did you think about the series? As I was going through it, the first thing that popped into my mind that was holy 90s theme. Yeah. Um, this show is very, very reflective of 
that grunge era '90s kind of uh, vibe to it. There, it has. It's just it's soaked in it, and right down to the to the musical characters who have these ridiculous band names. And <laughs> it was it was very nostalgic. One thing that I noticed right off the bat was that there was it was a subtle. It was very subtle, but I felt. I felt very appreciative of it. There was a character who appears numerous times throughout the series, and he's wearing this thing called the, I think it was the Incredible Head or the Head yeah. uh, t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And that was a that was a different show. That was another show on MTV Animation that I think was paired with Aeon Flux in this weird alternative animation space that they had in their programming. Right. And so those was those were the little nods in there that I that I really enjoyed cuz I the, the I think it was the incredible head. Uh, the, I, that show I did watch and it was way beyond my years, but I was just watching it knowing I was watching something weird. Very creative, very different, very weird and there was something attractive about that. Right. The other thing that I noticed was that the art style reminded me a bit of Johnny Bravo. Uh, and yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like if I actually did my homework and did some research, animators or producer names would show up. I'm pretty sure they they'd show up in the Johnny Bravo credits as well. They're, possibly, it's a weirdly 2D show. It's a, it, the the style is very distinct, yeah. and I felt like it it mimicked a bit of a bit of Johnny Bravo. So I've I you know what there's a, there's a I wouldn't be surprised if there was some some crossing over with the names. Right. For the record, the research that I did do mm-hmm. was a YouTube series called 107 Facts. Right. And they do, a, their their web series is basically 107 facts about various different shows. Mm-hmm. So I learned about Invader Zim. I learned about, oh God, how many shows? Uh, Simpsons, uh, Rick and Morty, like all these different shows. And the, I went through the Daria facts and there was some of them that were pretty interesting. And one of the things was that there's no lost footage, that the budget that they had only limited them to exactly what they made. So right. everything was planned out uh, in advance and there's no lost footage or anything like that. So as far as production went, it was a really well-made show uh, for its time. And even by today's standards, I think it's pretty pretty damn good yeah, animation it, show. It ages relatively well. Like uh, I've seen episodes and, a little while ago. And- yeah, I was expecting that there was going to be some cultural references that were not going to hold up, but definitely not the case. So production-wise, fantastic show. Writing-wise, uh, you know what? As let's, going back to production, uh, voice acting was spot on. Oh, they yeah. did a great job casting that show, and all the characters, all the voices, you really felt that sort of that dread in their voices. That sort of um, what's that phrase that the young peoples use uh, when they don't give a shit anymore? Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, maybe Are these the, the same people that get the summers off? Yes. Oh, God, I have no idea. Okay, well, they have lingo for that, but they just, they were not having any of it. So that, like, the voice acting was very well done. Would you watch more episodes? Because you said you watched about uh, I watched, six. I watched, yeah, I watched about five or six episodes, and I think the way I watched the show affected the way I, the way I perceived it. Okay. Because... If this was a regular show, I'd be watching one episode a week, right? Um, which, of course, we didn't have time for. But I did watch more than three episodes, so I did enjoy it. But I would—I don't know if I can watch any more immediate in the immediate future because, at a certain point, I found it intolerable. <laughs> I found that jaded attitude, that jaded '90s grunge attitude, and that uh, oh well, that person's lame. I found that. 
uh, like once upon a time, yeah, I totally could vibe with that. I could, I could totally mesh with that. But now I'm just like, were those the days? When I you get had, it. You're fed you up. Long hair, Kyle. Oh yeah, way before that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and yes, I and that's the thing. Like I found her to found Daria to her her jadedness, her not caring about anything. To it was kind of like okay, I get it. That's your thing, and. I can under and it, part of that was like, oh, I understand why so many young women that I know that have recommended this show identify with her. Yeah, and it was just like, and the thing is, I can understand why so many, uh, so many identified with her and so many wanted to identify with her because yeah. she was cool and she was making fun of you know the the popular girls and and things like that. So yeah. I got that, and after a while, I'm just like, okay, what are you gonna do about anything? And maybe that's the millennial in me. Maybe it's just like, you know, get off your ass and do something about it. Don't just, she, because the thing is her friend was an artist. Yes. Her brother was a musician. Yes. What the hell was Daria doing? She was just reading books. I mean, uh, that, and that's the thing. And it was just like, do something, you know, don't just stand in your two-dimensional way and just, you know, just comment on stuff. And that, that's what, that's the, that was the only like sort of, uh, hang up I had with the show and I'm just and and yeah that that's why you can't really watch that level of I don't know I don't want to call it bitterness or, or jadedness am, are you gonna start to shake your fist at the kids on your lawn I already do that <laughs> <laughs> but no and that's the thing like if I if I watch one episode every week it'll probably be like therapeutic like oh yeah, yeah Daria gets me <laughs> but <laughs> I'm a young lady and Daria really gets me. <laughs> I, you know, I, that, I know, that teenage girl inside of me would, would really resonate with that. I, I actually always felt the same. Like I never resonated with Daria because I wasn't bitter or jaded or sarcastic. I was bubbly and ridiculous and silly. Um, I didn't get that. Okay. But I, I actually more, I identified sort of with Jane a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just the she men- had She had a, a bit more personality than, than Daria did in the first six episodes because she actually engaged with things. Yes. And and she actually had that outlet of something. Like she had, the, you could see that sort of career goal. She wants to be an artist. And uh, part of the 107 facts was that um, I think in one of the, MTV publications they said that Daria did a does a career aptitude test and her assigned career is working at a morgue right <laughs> seems like okay yeah that makes sense uh-huh. um I, I I guess I know more about the series and the character and I always just thought of her as being the writing type like mm-hmm. a writer or a journalist mm-hmm. because she does have thoughts and feelings about things and yeah. she doesn't seem to be able to discuss them with people or doesn't feel comfortable and in the first in the first six episodes it doesn't appear that she's you know she's expressing any of her thoughts in anything but sarcastic uh sarcastic quips right and if you ever have known somebody who only speaks in sarcasm that is the most annoying thing on the planet where every other comment is sarcastic and it i'm sorry i could i could not put up with somebody who is just sarcastic about every other uh, sentence and I'm just like okay enough so that's that's kind of where I drew the line with that but otherwise it was very enjoyable okay and what's your rate 
I'm gonna have to give it a seven. A seven? Okay, a seven. that's great. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's I mean that's that's it, the, and and that's the thing. It was I'm I'm I say that with a sigh because it had always been built up as an eight or ten, an eight to ten. But again, I think that's I honestly think if you watched it in the nineties, yeah, for sure. Oh, absolutely. If I watched it in the nineties, I would probably be raving about it, and it probably would have been one of those very influential. Um, narratives that would have influenced, you know, the way I experienced the world, but I didn't have cable when I was a kid. So a lot of those MTV shows, again, had to come through VHS bootlegs. Yeah. I kind of wish Daria was one of them. (laughs) It's too bad it's not. Um, But you know what? Seven's good. And uh, I'm I'm happy with that. I, I would recommend this show to, yeah, I would recommend this show to a wide array of people, wide range of people. Definitely the young peoples. Yes, young peoples. Watch it. Oh, yeah. Um, and moving on. Moving along. Moving along. All right. So do you want to tell the audience about what you literally brought me? Yes, I, I had to. I could not find it online. <laughs> so <or> anywhere. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious to, to hear the, the chronological journey of oh. your search for this uh, graphic novel entitled Aerosmith, written by Kurt Busiek and illustrated by Carlos Pacheco. I think you should give them the subtitle as well. I don't know. What's the subtitle? Uh, Aerosmith, so smart in their fine uniforms. Ah, which is an excellent title for this series. It is an excellent title for this and series. And this is a book. Uh, call, uh, this is a book about a young man who is. Uh, this basically lives on a farm with his family. It's the classic farm boy goes to war story in a sort yeah. of World War. Is it? Would you say it's World War One? It's World War One. Okay, so yeah, it's a World War One setting. Farm boy, you know, enlists to do his duty for his country. It's set in a world war where there is no industrial revolution, but instead everything is magic based. There's a magic revolution. Yes, it's and the. It is a very interesting take on on classic tale of Farmoy go gone to war, but there of course is this magic element to it to sort of yeah. pique his interest. And very much like the original First World War, the United States or what they call the United States of Colombia, yes, um, is not part of the war yet. Did you see the uh, Did you see the map in the back? Of the book? Oh, no, I didn't. The, there's a world map <gasps> in the back of the book. I missed the and world map. There's certain narratives that I really love that when they, when they, especially when they retell Earth history, when there's new political maps and geographies, it really, really enriches the story. So, Oh, this is absolutely fantastic. And so read out some of those countries. Okay, so we've got, um, as a country, Newfoundland. Yes. Um, Arcadia, Canada. Dakota, California, Deseret, Tejas, I think that's how you say it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mexico is still a country. New Castile. Oh, wow. The United States of Colombia is tiny. Yes. We have Massachusetts, New York, like all these states seem to be countries in and of themselves. And then in Europe, we have Scania instead of Scandinavia. We've got Britannia, Gallia. Prussia instead of Russia. Yeah. Uh, all kinds of slight things that are familiar it's, but it, different. Yeah, and it's this and I and I love uh narratives where alternate histories are created like this and they're mapped out and they're they're 
you know, you can you can feel that there's a potential for these alternative history books. And I would like I would love to read a history book based in in this world and and how magic influenced this the sort of growth. And of I that. think that's the part that you know the love of steampunk, right? Is mm-hmm. the same but different. Yes. Um, and there is a lot of potential for these stories to address things like racism and sexism in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, they've done like you said more of the classic story. But for instance, when the main character gets to New York, the immigrants that are coming through are magical immigrants. Yeah, and you have giant rock golems with moss where hair should be. You um, have uh, no- uh, trolls. Yeah, um, fairies and yeah, pixies all kinds of and stuff. sprites, dragons. Drag, lots of dragons. Lots of dragons. And yeah, they make a really like. I mean, they use magic to engage the audience Um, Mm and you think you know it's a story you've heard before but they've used magic to to retell it and to really drop the audience in and so rather than being a fighter pilot our main character uh he has a pet dragon and some magical accoutrement that allows him to borrow his dragon's ability for flight yeah it's kind of i really like the way they've done it i like seeing him going through the training yeah and very in, in a very interesting way, they do what the wars does. Yes, and it's it's basically a, a, a wartime coming of age. Yeah, and but the wars, I mean, they do this thing where they separate him from the life he knows, and he goes off to go do training. Mm-hmm. And actually, really some parallels where at first he doesn't really go out with them, and then they start going to the, the t- nearby town, and he gets mm. exposed to some stuff there. But then they sort of drop him in the front and you just see the shift. The boat actually is the first place where he sort of sees the horrors. What type of boat was it? It was a big steam boat, I guess. No, big, yeah. In, in, in Aerosmith, instead of a big steamboat, it's a big boat that has magical floating oars that keeps it above water. Because magic won't work, or ma- no, magic will give off a signal in the water. Or something like that, yeah. yeah and, which is really, really cool. And there's then, you know, giant uh, sea, what is it, the, like mer people are riding these giant well, hydras. They called Yes, but they called them something, which is funny because I'm pretty sure that's it was similar to the actual German U-boat name. Oh, okay. Um, they called them, gonna, they call them look seamen, it up. but it's something like that. So they use the World War One Unter seamen. Unter, under seamen. Because they used to have, it was like U-boats were for unter boats or whatever they call them in German. And they use a lot of the familiar imagery and uh, language of World War One, but they've put it in this magical world. And it's all really, really cool and well done. I even like, they use a lot of art deco stuff even on oh, the front yeah. of that cover. I, I will say one thing, um, uh, if we're going to talk about the creators, I, when we talk about the creators, I'll, I'll mention it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they do this art deco thing to sort of back up the style mm-hmm. and the sort of the time period um very 1920s very 1920s and i i just besides the story the the way they've drawn it is beautiful it's absolutely fantastic uh, as as a longtime comic book reader carlos pacheco is you know is he's a modern master uh, i would give him the title of modern master 
he has worked on countless titles for Marvel and DC. He's worked on every major X-book, probably, X-Men book. Uh, He's done Avengers Forever, which is, according to many fans and critics, one of the best Avengers stories out there. He's done work for DC, including Superman, Green Lantern. I don't know if he's done Batman uh, at all, but I wouldn't be surprised if if he has. And having experienced so much of his work, this is, I would say this is his best. Uh, this okay. is absolutely some of his best work. I don't know if uh, it's because maybe he was developing it with Kurt Busiek, if he was a co-creator, mm-hmm. but it seems that this is this was a labor, labor of love by the looks of it, by the attention to detail and textures and the, the inking. Like, he's had, he's a penciler. He's had different inkers work with him, and the ink work that went into to texturing this was phenomenal. I don't know much about art. Okay, so I know a little bit about art. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that being an inker is an important job. Yes, it absolutely is. And if you do look they at not, do they not get enough kudos? Do you think? I th- I think it depends on on who the inker is because if if you look at different comic artists, I think if you look up Frank Cho. Or was was it Adam Hughes? They did a Wonder Woman drawing, and they just did the pencils, and they had different people inking it. So different inkers were able to show what they can add to it. So a lot of people know from Kevin Smith's A View Askew series that inkers are often referred to as tracers, but having that's so mean that that's that's what some of the that's the they're the basists of they're <laughs> the basists of the art art world right according to some people and the thing is that if you look at some of pacheco's other work and you look at some of this work in aerosmith you'll notice a very stark contrast and a lot of difference and that i i would recommend i'm going to try to post the link of i think it was i'm pretty sure it was adam hughes did a pencil drawing and he posted it online for people to ink and a lot of people took a shot at it inking his work and you can see a huge difference from piece to piece to to, from finish piece to finish piece and it was it's remarkable it really is remarkable what inkers can contribute to uh, illustration that's awesome yeah and that was back in the days when comic illustration went from layouts and tight pencils then it was passed on to inkers then it was passed on to letters and then colorists a lot of this is done with less steps in the digital world now but i i guess you know if you're of a certain age and you remember comics being done in a certain way there's 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 a quality to it that that really can't be mimicked that's awesome yeah well i was I'm kind of wish I had more time with it because I did have to read it relatively quickly. Yes, she did. But it was fantastic. Like, I really, really liked it. I'm sad that there's not way, way more of this. I am too. I would love a whole just like and giant collection when, of these stories. Sorry, when did you say it came out? Uh, I don't even remember. Give me one sec. All right. 2003. So well over a decade old. And I always wished a second series would come out or a continuation or something continuing the story. While we were looking up stuff, I was telling you 
that apparently something came out in 2006 from Busiek. Is that how you say his last name? Stating that him and Pacheco hope to produce more Aerosmith projects. Busiek and Pacheco are working on Aerosmith Far From the Fields We Know, an illustrated prose novel that focuses on Fletcher Aerosmith, the main character, in a Prussian prison on a secret mission for the Allies. I, it's been a while. I don't know. I'm going to search for it. Search for it. Let me know because I would really like to read more of this. I thought the story was engaging. I thought the art was fantastic. For me, maybe this just makes me seem like a jerk. But for me, if I don't like the art, I can't read it. No, absolutely. That does not make you sound like a jerk because I'm I'm the same way. And there was a... Back when Wizard Magazine used to be paper publication, they did an anniversary issue where they had various people discuss what's more important the writing of a comic or the artwork and the they came to a conclusion that because it is a primarily a visual medium. Uh, visual medium and because a comic can be told uh, can, a comic story can be uh, told without words and should be legible as a narrative without words yeah that the artwork should be more important. Oh, absolutely. And, and there are a lot of great stories out there that have garbage artists that are, or I'll, I'll retract that <laughs> statement. Uh, but I rephrase that a little bit? I will. Uh, you know what? There, No, I, I won't because there are some garbage artists out there that are ruining great stories. Right. And there are some great artists that aren't given really great scripts out well, there as well. But I, I was really always fascinated by, you know, that collection called Flight? Yes. Yes. A lot of those stories don't have written story to them. A lot of it is just images, which, and it always blew me away. I have number eight in the series. and Beautiful anthologies. Oh, absolutely fantastic. So yeah, my kick punch rating would be a 9.5. Wow. Yeah. Wow, a 9.5. It's a 9.5. I love alternate history stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge steampunk fan, as we've talked I, about I before. Think, I think that's one of the strongest points of the book was the world creation. Yeah, and I really liked the attempt to talk about the atrocities of war mm-hmm. in a different way. I still think it's an important thing to talk about. Yeah. And they made it really engaging. And the only problem is, the reason I didn't get a 10 is because I really need more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really want to know. I want more, more about the wizards. I want to know about the world before, about the world after. There's just so much there that I can't believe they haven't written 10 of these books yeah. already. Yeah. So and yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for suggesting it. You're very welcome. I'm just really upset I can't find it anywhere. I, I've actually been trying to recommend this book to friends for years now. And I was so excited to have the chance to recommend this to somebody who I know would not only be forced to read it, but <laughs> <laughs> but who would probably uh, enjoy it as much as you did. And I'm glad. Yeah, I really liked it. So that's great. Both relatively good ratings for both, both passes. of us. It's always nice when things pass the ratings Solid test. Solid pass. So now updates i know you haven't been around so i don't know what updates you could possibly have you know what the updates i have are what i have gone through that the like things that i've watched and read based on on listening to the geek down um teen titans go i once upon a time based on just looking at it and knowing what it had uh come from 
I was appalled that they changed it so drastically, and I thought it was really stupid and ugly. But after listening to Geek Down, I thought, okay, you know what? I'll give this sh- give this a shot, and I plowed through every single episode. Fantastic! I felt like record speed. I <laughs> I cackled regularly from episode to episode, and in one uh, one or two episodes was was in tears i was literally wiping i had to pause it (laughs) laugh it out wipe the tears from my face and got i'm so grateful because i got my uh my brother texted me and he's like hey dude i'm watching the show with the boy and so now my nephew runs up to me he's like i'm watching teen titans go i'm like good for you that's yeah yeah. and it's it's fun and my little cousin is also watching it and enjoying it and Actually, my uh, both my cousins, um, boy and girl, they they both they both love it, and it's so because it's awesome ridiculous and silly and it's, wonderful. Yeah, and the thing is, it has that level of uh, of humor where adults can enjoy it as well. Yeah. So definitely, that was a great great recommendation. What else have I gone through? Clever man, I watched two episodes and I could not watch anymore. Okay. Um, not because it was a bad series, um, but because. <laughs> I know somebody who works in immigration services and, and Aboriginal services in Australia. So when I saw some of the stuff that was happening in the show, it was just a bit too real for me. Well, that's and that's the other thing. I, I don't think people realize how bad the situation is in Australia. It's really bad. And the way they depicted it was a li- was was accurate enough that I actually felt uncomfortable watching these characters go through it because... I knew just how real it was, and I yeah. was just like, I had to take a step back. It got a bit, the show based a show about uh, an Aboriginal uh, shaman wizard type fella. It got too weird for me. It got too real for me. Yeah, yeah. I and it was it was one of those things where I I was just it's it's an amazing show. If you don't know anything about what's going on there, then you'll probably be able to enjoy it with a bit of, what's that phrase, what's that word that means you don't know, so you're okay with it? Ignorance? I don't want to say ignorance, because that has a negative connotation to it. Well, sometimes, well, they say ignorance is bliss. Yeah, I guess so. And in this situation, it's just like, hmm, do I want to know about the world or do I want to know, uh, do I don't, do I want to be able to enjoy a TV show? I didn't watch them all at once i definitely had to take a break yeah um, i don't i think i tried watching them back to back and that was a mistake that was a mistake i had to watch star trek in between stuff because mm-hmm. that good old utopian star trek really ds9 wasn't that utopian um no but the 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 wor- earth and the yeah. world that yeah the, the federation is a utopian oh it did they kick ass but yeah no ds9 definitely and we'll after the show's done we'll talk we about, gotta we'll, gab we'll ds9 talk about ds9 uh, i applied to x-men 90s x-men yeah because i didn't mentioned. have cable as a kid so i'm i had to make up for lost x-men episodes see i've before netflix a friend of mine who is fantastic he burnt the entire series oh my for me. god and so uh, for those of you who don't know what burning is it was a thing we used to do with cds so he spent the time downloading the entire finding a torrent downloading the entire series getting it on dvd form like burning it onto the dvds for me and giving it to wow. me for my birthday because you know much how much i loved it so i've already gone through it as an adult mm. um i saw it was on netflix i got really excited and senior correspondent went Mm, no yeah i <laughs> Just like no I'm, I'm vetoing this one it is it was like the time i went back and watched 80s thundercats and only the only thing that i came to a conclusion was that i had really low standards as a child as to what made a good story because it was awful 
Yeah, that's about right. That yeah, and right. The, and not to say that the the thing is, it, I appreciate the ambition of the show uh, of the '90s X Men cartoon because they really were trying to bring the comics to screen. Yeah, and that was very special for a lot of nerds yeah. to see that animated, and it brought a lot of fans into it as well. Yeah, so that was awesome to see the last few episodes in the last season. It's like people either quit or got fired and the animation style changed and they just they were just like, all right, let's just wrap this up. We're done. <laughs> all right. So I think that's that's all of our updates. Awesome. So now I'm going to get to the part about how you can contact us. If you have questions or if you have comments, just so everyone knows, you can contact us in a variety of ways and methods. First of all, by leaving a post, a picture, a comment, or a question on our Facebook page, which is at www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. You can do the same on our Tumblr, which is geekdownpod.tumblr.com. As I mentioned, it has not been updated in a while, but if you leave us a message, we will get back to you. You can also contact us on the Twitter, which is at GeekDownPod. Finally, if you want to yell at Jordan, you can do so on Twitter by going to at Jordan underscore Ferguson. If you want to contact Kayam, you can do so by... By not. By not. Oh. Or you can tag me on on the geek down. But, tag, look but up. tag me on the geek down. I'm I, I lurk from time to time. I've thrown up a few posts myself. Other than that, I don't do the twitters. Yeah, that's so pretty much it's it. Same, and 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 if you want to contact me, it's the same as me. You can't. Booyah. But you can via Facebook if you really want by the by the Facebook group. Just say like, Hey, Caitlin, I have questions for you, and I will. Find a way to get your questions. Word. Yeah. And do so because I have a feeling that in the next few episodes, rumor has it they're going to be doing a mailbag episode or at least answering mailbag questions there at the end of be. the show. We Thank you for bringing that up. We, we talked about maybe having some, like you said, mailbag questions. We might do some interviews. So if you have questions for us, if you have suggestions of people you may want to hear from, or if you just want us to watch or read something, let us know. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. I'm Kayam Dar. And you've been listening to The Geek Dance. And there's some tragic deaths, and we had our Ron Weasley. And if you hit that table one more time, I will break your hand. Sorry, 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 (laughs) sorry.